does it progress at like do you can are you drinking on a regular basis after this or was this like an isolated incident um i would say at about 12 maybe maybe a couple times at 11 i'm not quite sure but probably closer to around 12 um a friend uh i'd hang out with a friend a lot and actually even with my grandma she would buy margaritas and i remember kind of sip you know having a couple of her Sipping on her margaritas and her Caesars. Yeah, yeah. Big fan. Um, but strawberry daiquiris over at my friend's house. And so her mom would make us a couple strawberry daiquiris. And I thought that was pretty cool. So so, so I'm assuming, like I said, cannabis is like the next sort of thing. When does that come into the picture? And what, what what's your decision-making process like when that gets introduced into, into your life? Yeah, so that would have been um, – I was 13 – and I was playing, so I played hockey. Um, okay. Like from nine to about sixteen, but so I was thirteen. I remember hanging out with my hockey team, and they had some like tobacco and, and oil, and so we rolled up. And so, what's oil for the listeners that are not familiar? So it's kind of like a concentrated, like a highly concentrated um, substance uh, for THC, which is the the ingredient in marijuana. Right. Yeah. So who so who's got that? Who brings that to the one of your teammates? Like how did how do kids get this stuff? Yeah. So that was uh, again parents. Somebody stole from their parents, or yeah. parent provided. What somebody? I think probably stole it from the parents. Okay. Yeah. So did you have any idea at that? Like looking back, did you know what that substance was? Like no what idea. it was going to do? No idea. You were just interested in trying it out. Yeah. So what happens? Like you, the girls join around and pass it around and, and what happened? Take, take oh, me actually, through that. Yeah. Well, how did we do it? Did we roll up with the tobacco or I think, no, I think we did BTs. Okay. Yeah. And so anyway, so like just, it was like a new experience, right? So I remember we were like on the trampoline and it was just kind of like a new, I don't know. And I don't know if we all did it. I think we did. So, so looking back, um, on those experiences, would you say overall? So let's let's take your your tobacco, your alcohol, and your in your experience with the cannabis products. Mm-hmm. Would you say that those were positive, enjoyable experiences, generally speaking? I would say so. And and were these experiences sort of reinforced by your peers and the people that you were with at the time? Mostly, yeah. Like, I think what I'm trying to get at is, like, were there, was there any point where it was like, hey, like, this is, we shouldn't be doing this, and this isn't going to happen again? Or is this, like, you like a whole new world that, to quote Aladdin, like, is this, yeah. <laughs> you know, is this, like, a whole new sort of can of worms that, like, you're, you know, are you, are you looking at this as, as if it's something that is not problematic? And that, I didn't think it was problematic at all. And I really didn't look at myself as a child and I right. didn't look at it. These as like abnormal behaviors. Okay. Um, I, I think, was there one friend in the group that was like, Hey guys, we shouldn't be doing this. I don't know because I don't know if I would have paid attention okay. to that. But the thing is, is that that quickly did happen. Right. So I remember we kind of kept it hush hush. Right? Okay. So obviously because it, like I think we, the ones that were involved didn't tell anybody else. Right. So there probably was this internalized idea that there is something wrong and we shouldn't be telling everybody kind of what we're doing. But, um, and then I remember, 
Yeah, like I remember at the end of grade eight going off to smoke weed um, with like, so I would do that with certain friends, but I would keep it from other friends sort of thing. So were there like two sort of sides of you? Like the one group of friends was like uh, sort of uh, teetotalers and then the other the other group was like the more risk risk-taking group. It's interesting that you're saying that because looking back, yeah, like that was the case. Maybe not necessarily. See, it's interesting because we were kind of like the smart kids, but we were also like the the cool kids, but we were also the troublemakers. It was kind of like we all fell 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 into one bucket. The smart kids were the troublemaking kids. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, which was kind of interesting, I guess. <laughs> so looking back on, on that group of friends, do you recall any of their family family lives being, you know, surrounded with, um, you know, adversity or trauma or anything like that? Were, there, were your group of friends from the SMART group um, – were families divorced? Were families dysfunctional? Things like that? Yeah, there was some divorce, for sure. There was some... Um, like, were there some common themes? You know, like, hey, all of us seem to have, like, this same... See, I wouldn't say so. Not in public school. There were more themes that kind of emerged in high school. Right, right. And there was definitely more um, explicit double like double-sided personality sort of thing, like kind of chameleon sort of behaviors, like depending on which group I'm in, I'm going to act in a particular way. Sure, so I sure. had like the, drug, the people that I would use hard drugs with and I'd have the people that I would just, you know, would be drinking smoke weed with. Um, so like there was definitely that, and I definitely could see that there's certain types of patterns. Okay. Um, but I don't know if I can classify it explicitly so we'll, we'll get to your um, to, to your later adolescence mm-hmm. and explore that in, in detail but for now what I want to uh, talk about a little bit is is tell me about what's going on with your mom at this point so you're ending mm-hmm. elementary school mm-hmm. um, how, how, how's mom doing at this time is she is she dating is she still working um, as many jobs as she can to support the family what, what's going on with mom yeah so um, she's done one job like steady, good full-time office job. And she does start dating. Uh, actually, ironically, around 11, when I turned around 11. So kind of around the same time that I started focusing more on like the social connections. Okay. Um, and I guess experimenting with, with things. Um, yeah, so we actually had a plan to move. We ended up moving out of my childhood home um, the summer after I graduated from high school or from public school. So what's it like for you when, when mom starts dating? How, how do you experience that as, as an 11-year-old kid? I remember I was angry. I yeah. was so angry. It was like only four years after my dad passed away. Did you feel like she was like betraying your dad? I don't remember exactly what I felt, but I just remember I was angry. Right, right. Yeah. Now, did you get along with whoever she dated at the time? or What, what were those relationships like? Yeah, so I did. Um, not at first. I think because I had some like... Again, I was, like, resistant to it. Right. Um, but over time, like, he became, like, like, loved him. Like, oh, my gosh. So I, when I think about my stepdad, like, he's my stepdad. Yeah. Even though, like, they're no longer together. Um, but definitely very fond memories um, and, like, really good relationship. So how does your brother react to this? So, again, my brother's six years older. So he... So he's, like, a teenager around this time. He's a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because he was 14 when my dad passed away. So he would have been, 
Um, so he said four years. So he's like a young adult. He's graduating high school and going to opt university. Okay. And so, yeah. Yeah. So is so so he leaves the family home. Yeah. So you move out of the so it's a little bit, a little bit of a change there going on at the at the household, right? Like you move houses and then your brother leaves. And- so he actually left. Now that I think he left when I was going into grade eight. Okay. To go to university. Right, right. And my grandma also moved in. My mom's mom moved in with us when I was ten. Okay. So there's like a lot of kind of changes and stuff. That it's hard to kind of. Sorry that it's all over the place. No, no, that's okay. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of changes in the household. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, um, do you find that you you kind of like among all those changes, you you kind of fly under the radar a little bit. Like, like, are there like family dinners every night and like people like are like, you know, getting an idea of what's going on in each other's lives or like, how does that happen? Yeah. You know what my grandma did? She cooked us meals. And so she, we always had dinner together Yeah, when I was home, if I wasn't over at friends places and stuff like that. And uh, like I said, I played hockey. So that was like a family thing. They would always come and watch my hockey games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my brother was like really involved in sports and stuff as well. Yeah. There was like, there was a sense of family for sure. Like they did a really good job at having that sense of kind of like, like my mom's goal was like to give a sense of normalcy. Um, but I think I became really good at just coping as I needed to cope and just kind of functioning within the family. So you begin high school. Mm-hmm. Your brother's off to university, right? Um, tell me a little bit about what high school is like for you. Are you, um, you know, are you excited to start high school? What's that like for you? Awful. So I had become like, I guess, suicidal in grade eight. And, uh, and then, you know, we were moving homes and going into new school. And I had already started to feel disconnected because I kind of had shared some of my challenges with my friends before going into high school. And so I think they were already starting to put up kind of walls of like, okay, you know, maybe we'll separate ourselves. Like I, I started to feel like already a little bit more disconnected from the group of friends that I had made in high school in public school. And so going into high school, I was, I was like overweight. I was insecure. I was anxious. I was depressed. I had developed, you know, like this desire to like use substances to cope and, right. and food and everything. Um, and now I'm going in, I, like, I don't really have, I'm not confident in my friendships and like first week of school became very clear that like I was on my own. Um, Your friends from elementary school were not in this high school. They they were in, they were there, but that almost made it worse because there were no more, like the relationships had been basically ended at that point. Like I had, I was locker. My locker buddy was one of my friends, but she quickly moved into another girl and girls locker in the homeroom. Right. And, um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, how did I, so honestly, I started hanging out with, uh, the friends who smoke weed. Like I, I, I met people. I, I knew one person from Hype public school who smoked weed and I met through him a bunch of other people that smoked weed and that became my new normal. So how did you meet this group of friends? Like you met this one guy, like what? Well, I knew him already. You knew him already. Yeah. So did you, were you able to identify him as some, like, was he, um, was there something about him that suggested that you could become friends with him or like, how did you approach? Yeah. Cause we already, cause we had already had friendship throughout public school. Right. Right. Yeah. 
So it was comfortable. I felt comfortable. So then at that point, are you smoking weed at school? At school, yeah. And so what's that like? Like, how are you experiencing high school? Essentially, high, right? Like, you're high at high school. What mm-hmm. is that making things easier for you socially? Or, or you tell me, what's that like for you? Yeah, it was making things easier for me in the sense that I felt like that like anxiety go, right? Like I felt like that sense of just like, I don't know, like it just gave me like, like a sense of peace. You right. Know? And then also that sense of connection. Like it kind of gave me something to look forward to. And I had a group to go with. Yes. And, um, and just like, and I think also to like the excitement of like going out on lunch or like going out quickly before school yeah. and because school came easily to me, I never really cared about school. Like I didn't have, to, I don't ever remember doing homework, but I did well. Like I don't, the academics weren't an issue. So for me, it was more. So you were able to do, you know, be successful academically, even though you were high. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how successful, I don't remember what my grades were, but like, it was just a non-issue. Like, right. I just right. didn't even think about it. Um, and, but I do remember having, you know, like making sure I put the visine in because I didn't want people like the teachers looking at me and yeah. uh, that sort of thing. But like, I didn't really care to be honest, like um, skipped a lot of classes and didn't really care. Um, I do remember a couple times though getting paranoid, like walking down the hall and hearing people say like she or her and like convinced they're talking about me. So there was some of that a little bit. Um, but, uh, and I do remember like the first time I hit a bong <laughs> and like going back to class and then getting sick and having to like run out of the class and like puking in the garbage. Um, so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't always great. There was definitely, and then like drinking on like drinking at school, um, like our first semi-formal drank way too much, spent the entire night in the bathroom throwing up. <laughs> this is like grade nine. This is grade nine. Yeah. Right. So you're like 13 or 14. I, or... I would have been 14. So tell me a little bit about your, your, your peer group there. So it sounds like you, you know, you've got a pretty good group of buddies as far as that goes that you're getting, you know, having good times together and things like that. What's that group like? How different is that group compared to the group of friends you had in grade seven and eight? Mm -hmm. You know, unpack that a little bit for me. I think the thing that was really cool was that we could all identify with some sort of, um, maybe feeling disconnected or some sort of, um, emotional, like we just felt a little bit off and we were able to connect. Like we were all kind of the way that I kind of perceived it was we were all kind of like misfits, but we like fit together. Right. We were all very different, but very much connected and like, valued one another. So is this a mixture of guys and girls? Yeah. And so you said earlier that you, you started to sort of notice themes emerging as you were developing, um, as a, as an adolescent, Mm -hmm. what kind of themes are you starting to notice even, I guess at that time or looking back within that peer group and within that sort of time span, what, what's going on there? Like, let me ask, let me, let's start with this. Are, is the group progressing towards, I guess, harder substance use and riskier behaviors, like sort of at the same time or right. like, so that's really interesting. So I would say, um, no, 
because most of the group um, didn't actually progress to harder drugs. There was a, a select couple of us that did. Um, and the others were very kind of opposed to that. Um, so it was like one thing, you know, to smoke weed and, and, and drink. Um, and I would say also to, you know, like engaging in like whiskey sexual behaviors or whatever, like that was definitely the norm, like going to parties and, and whatnot. Um, so that was kind of common and that started, you know, right away in grade nine, but, um, yeah, progressing to like the harder drugs, that was kind of like a select couple of us, um, in about grade 11. So would you say that the, the people who didn't progress, was there like a, a conversation that took place among the group or, or loosely somewhere that people were saying, Hey, you know, this is okay, but this isn't like, how does that happen? Yeah. I don't, who draws know. the line. So it's interesting because it really, I guess, boiled down to their own personal compass and what they were willing to do. Um, like I had friends that like, like I would, I smoked and they were like, they just smoked weed, right? Like they were like anti-cigarette smokes, uh, smokers. And, um, so, but we all like, we'd still spend like hanging out together and stuff like that. But I do distinctly know when I switched, when I kind of crossed over to the cocaine use, um, at 16, I remember like my friends were not okay with it. And like this, this peer group this that you were telling group. me about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They were very concerned, very upset, very, yeah, very not okay with it. So you, so would you say that cocaine is the next drug of, that you use after cannabis? Cannabis and alcohol, then cocaine. Yeah. And so how does, how does that happen? You're at a party. What, what does this look like for you? Yeah. Through a friend's boyfriend's brother and, uh, it became, um, yeah, available. And, uh, again, having that mentality of I'm down for anything. Um, and because I had struggled with my weight issues, I had actually started, um, before. So just after grade 10, I started dieting like hardcore, like basically like anorexic behaviors. Um, and like, I guess bulimic behaviors as well and lost about 70 pounds and then went back to school and actually I remember people thinking I looked like the new girl all of a sudden so getting attention and all these things and then was like, like romantic attention too I wouldn't say romantic I would say like it's like sexual comments from the guys not real like did you have a boyfriend at that t- no no. In grade nine and grade 10, you didn't have a boyfriend? No. So did you, did you, were you thinking that one of the reasons why is because you were overweight? Like, like, yeah. is this your thinking back then? Like, oh, if only sure. I change my physical appearance, then maybe, you know. Definitely. So, so then did that happen for you at that point? Um... Yeah, I definitely had more interest and, and like in the types of people that I was thought would be like good, you know, would be a top, like certain types of people. Right? So how did that make you feel? Did you feel, oh, it was because, great. because it, it kind of like reinforced, like you made this decision, mm-hmm. right? Although you and I could clearly say that your behaviors to get there were unhealthy, mm-hmm. but you change your physical appearance and all of a sudden, like you're kind of being rewarded. Oh, completely. And it was amazing. And then I found cocaine 
which helps me um, be social, you know, give me confidence, uh, suppress my appetite. I could focus in school. I could go, I could drink, I could uh, drink and drive because I was, it sobered me up. Um, It literally, I was, I was able to stay up all night and party with everybody. I was able to make friends. Like literally I felt like cocaine was the elixir of life. It was a solution to all my life's problems. So this person that you've developed into at this point in life is, would you say like just a completely different person than who came into grade nine? Completely. Yeah. And and this is somebody that at that time you were, you were comfortable with being this person. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah. So, so things are going well for you. So figuratively, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, from your experience to, at what point, do the problems start to happen? So the thing is, is that the problem started right away. Like, like let's be honest, there, there are pro- there are existing <laughs> problems, but I mean, in in your mind at that time, right? Like, yeah, you're kind of cruising along, things are working out in your favor. You know, you're having these enjoyable experiences, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, take me through it. Well, so I would say that things got worse before they got better. Okay, right? Like when I was overweight and been drinking and getting myself into, you know, so sexual situations that are less than desirable and like getting, you know, like made fun of and stuff like that. And like negative as a result of the sexual experience. Yeah. Yeah. From the girls mostly or guys as well too. Guys as well. The guys as well too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So like that was really bad. And then, um, yeah, just like a lot of depression and, and just like, just a lot of self-esteem issues. Right. So because of that, because it was not good and then finding, okay, well, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to like become the woman that I want to be. Right. Um, and yeah, that's when things started to really work out well. Um, but it was like very, you took matters into your own hands, took right? matters in my own hands and I became stuff. like really confident, like arrogant. Actually I became mean. I remember, I, I was not, I was not a very good friend. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And it became about, well, let, let's unpack that a little bit. Why, why do you say that? What makes you say that you were not a very good friend? Because I wasn't very loyal. Like it got to the point where I didn't care. It mattered more to me what my pers- it mattered more to me what the people that I perceived as cool thought of me than how I treated my friends. Um, so I did things that were not very kind to my friends, um, and not like respectful or loyal to them in order to be looked upon favorably by, you know, the, 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 uh, that, that group. Right. Know? Right. Um, this is like pre social media days, right? Yeah. This, this would be 2006, 2007. So whatever is playing out in real life is is playing out in real life and not like on the social media realm. You, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I think I got, I think I did get Facebook eventually in 2007, like, but it wasn't what it is now. Right. Right. So it really was like you go to school, you go to parties, like that is kind of the extent of it. Yeah. And, and if you're shamed or made fun of, it's like happening in real life, not yeah. online. Online. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, what else is happening around that time when you're when you, when you've discovered cocaine and you've you've lost the weight and you've had these you know experiences that um, you know are you sort of developing this reputation? Is the train off the off the tracks yet at this point? At least in your mind at that time. Mm. 
because you you've spoken about quite a few like you it's almost like you you're acknowledging or you understand that you're experiencing this the consequences of your behaviors right like you're in, you're internalizing and and you you've got you're experiencing depression and anxiety and sort of experiencing those things yet at the same time trying your best to keep your sort of social standing yeah true again because so i tried to keep it on the down low like i remember like doing cocaine in the bathroom at school but my friends wouldn't know like they'd be in the stall beside me and like not know right and like so i was trying to kind of keep things together it's like it was really about i guess maybe like impression management and like trying to be who i thought i needed to be or wanted to be for myself and be able to carry myself confidently without totally burning bridges right right um but i do remember there were some consequences socially as well with some friends being like, no, like this is unacceptable. Um, but basically gave me like an ultimatum, like you need to get your stuff figured out. Um, like, what do they mean by that? Like, like go formally go get help for your drug use. Like, do they, do, does all of a sudden it's exposed and they know like what you're actually doing or the rumors and it was more just like, <laughs> like I do remember one friend in particular, basically saying like I'm just a cokehead right like right. just so like negative just gave it to you yeah and uh and ironically that was the same weekend that things ended up coming to light in my family as well and so it all kind of came forward that it was like okay now I'm forced to have to look at this um like your 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 mom and your brother and your grandma they like intervene or like what happened yeah so my brother's friends somehow found out and my brother was away at firefighters college, but came home and, uh, or sorry, he didn't come home, but his friends had came to my house and told my mom. And, uh, so they confronted me on it. So what, what happened there? Your mom's just, just got all this she information on you. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't believe it. She, and she made me like literally say like, yes, mom, I do cocaine and ecstasy. Like I didn't mention ecstasy earlier, but that became a big part of it too. And I had to like admit that right and I remember I was so angry like I just wanted her to kick me out but it was like so much harder to just see her cry and like she just couldn't believe it right? why did you want to be kicked out because it would have been easier I thought then I didn't have to change I could just go on do my own thing um but it broke me to see her broken by my behaviors and my choices why didn't you just lie about it why didn't you just say no this this isn't true yeah I couldn't I don't know and she and she's like it all makes sense now you know? I'm not saying that you should have them but saying. it's true yeah and but she she could see now like my like my weight loss she could see my 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 erratic mood swings like things were starting to make sense like being up all night being out all night partying and whatever like yeah she thought it, it was like the drinking again the drinking and this weed smoking is acceptable but she didn't realize I'd you know turn to like chemical drugs and that was really devastating for her okay so we're gonna we're gonna take a break there and we're gonna do a part two we're gonna follow up and pick up when caitlin um basically what happens after this when her family uh intervenes essentially on on her life and we're gonna see what happens next for caitlin so uh, join us for part two thank you thank you (laughs) 